Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Episode of Full Court Press. This is our 100th fucking episode. We made it to triple digits. Um, it, it's pretty fucking cool. Like I, I'm really excited. We've got a jam-packed show to get to too. So like, no real uh, celebratory features for for making it this far. But uh, but nevertheless, like, still, I feel great about it. It's it's a um, at, at the very least a nominal achievement, if not a uh, something a little bigger um but uh but yeah uh super cool uh joining me tonight is Jawan carter and uh, i just want to say congratulations on the patriots uh win over the rams um you know as we discussed pre-show tom brady is the greatest of all time it pains me to say it but he is um but you know what um fuck the patriots fuck the nfl uh the nfl has totally been uh, playing second fiddle to the NBA uh, off-the-court stories for, like, <laughs> the last – pretty much the whole lead-up to the Super Bowl, and I love it. I love it. But anyway, what's up, Jordan? What's what's up, Nick? Uh, congrats on on uh, the, the 100th episode. Uh, I stopped counting Geek Vibes Live, uh, Geek Vibes Live <laughs> episodes, so I have no idea where that's at. Um, but that's huge. That's huge. It's been an honor doing this show with you guys. Um, and as far as football goes, to be completely honest with you, if the Chiefs were playing the Rams, I wouldn't have watched the Super Bowl. I watch it purely out of bias. Um, so I can be 100% honest with you on that. Uh, so I don't disagree. Uh, I'd rather watch the NBA than the NFL any day. Um, but as long as my team continues to be the Golden State Warriors of the NFL, I'll be tuned in. Yeah, that's fair enough. I uh, actually might have watched more of it had it been the Chiefs and the Rams. I watched the fourth quarter, and that was it. I was just like, I'll, I'll, I'll tune in, you know, to see see where it goes. And that that was right about the time like the Rams had to punt, and then Tom Brady like led his team down the field, um, running like the same play three times in a row and hitting three different receivers in three different spots on the field. Um, and then, well, I will say this. My dude, Sony Michelle, the only person in that whole game to score a fucking touchdown. So, word up, Sony Michelle, UGA boy. 
fucking love that. So that was kind of cool. Um, but Gurley, Gurley had a Gurley had a rough go of it. So I was I was wasn't happy to see that for him. But um, I think there might have been some some uh, ongoing injuries there, lingering shit from earlier in the year. Um, but anyway, um, Joel, uh, you know somebody who hates the Patriots as much as I do. Um, did you watch the uh, I don't fear the them, Super though. Bowl? <laughs> What's that? I don't fear them though. Nah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, fuck you. I mean, of course you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Your team actually beats them. Your team is their kryptonite. So, yeah, like, yeah, uh, I'll take it. I mean, honestly, shit. I didn't fear them two years ago. I was, I was like, we're gonna fuck a whoop their ass, and we were well on our way. Maybe so if you we fucking wouldn't. ran the ball, no, please. <laughs> yeah, no, and then kicked a fucking field goal. <laughs> Instead of getting all yeah. fucking tricky, yeah, I was yeah. Just, I, I was literally just telling Jawan that in in the um, pre-show. Uh, but anyway, we got a lot of fucking topics. We've already spent like fucking four minutes babbling on about n- nonsense. Uh, let's They're get not into worth it. it. We got <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, let's get into it. NBA All Star roster has been announced, and let me uh, just kind of give you guys a, a refresher on what we got here. So our starters in the West, we, we knew these, but we'll go over them the same. Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, and Joel Embiid. Uh, actually, uh, this is not East or West. This is just the, the, the starting five, or starting ten right. players, rather. Um, and then we also have Paul George, right. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard and Kimba Walker. Now our reserves; those were our starters. Our reserves were announced um, uh, last week, Friday or something like that. Um, Marcus Aldridge, Bradley Beal, Anthony Davis, Blake Griffin, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Dirk Nowitzki, um, and we'll get to that, um, the, the kind of special roster spot that was deemed for uh, Dirk and Dwayne Wade. Uh, Victor Oladipo, mm-hmm. who was uh, replaced because of his injury by D'Angelo Russell. Uh, ben mm-hmm. Simmons, Clay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns, Nikola Vucevic, and Russell Westbrook along with D-Wade. Um, guys, before we get into our our grievances, if you will, what do you guys think about uh, Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki? Um, basically, Adam Silver saying we're going to add an extra roster spot for these guys. Um, Dwayne Wade is definitely retiring this year. Dirk, I, I don't think it's been officially announced, but, I, I mean, I, I feel like he's probably going to retire at the end of this season. It seems like it would make sense. Um, I think they mentioned it yesterday considering that thing. That uh, oh, did he? I think they did. I remember seeing it somewhere. Okay, um, but uh, but yeah, so like basically, you, you know, the we we got the quote unquote legacy roster spots. I like it, man. Like you're you're not taking away a spot from anybody else. You're just creating a spot. It, it doesn't matter whether there's 12 or 13 people on the team. Um, that I mean, that's totally fine to me. And, you know, a guy like Dwayne Wade, um, uh, who is one of the 
best shooting guards to ever play the game. Um, a finals MVP, three-time NBA champion, and then you got a guy like Dirk Nowitzki, who is, you know, an MVP, also a finals MVP, one-time NBA champion. Um, you Like, these are Hall of Famers, no doubt, first ballot. Um, you know, the fact that they're probably, you know, both going to be out of the league next year, I like having them in there. I really do. And I like the fact that we can um, – like, I, honestly, like, my only kind of thing about this is I honestly wish, like, they could just make that, like, a separate category. Like, you could you could vote, like, and they would have, like, a list of dudes, like, a legacy MVP thing. So it didn't necessarily have to be a dude's last season, but, like, you know, just add that extra roster spot in the future for, like, you know, that one player who, you know, we all want to see in there but doesn't necessarily deserve it on, you know, merit on, on 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 their season, but on their career they deserve it. And, like, like I would have loved to have seen, like, Dwayne Wade, you know, having to go up against Vince Carter as far as, like, what how the votes would have, would have you know, shaken out. Dwayne Wade would have won, obviously, but I would have liked to have seen, like, how Vince Carter would have fared. Um, and then, like, Nowitzki in the West and what have you, I, I – I like it, though. I think it should be something that they do. Maybe, you know, if they do it like this, maybe not every year, but, like, I, I, I like that it was done this year because um, Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki um, getting, like, kind of a last hurrah and getting to participate in this game, I think um, it's pretty cool. Um, Joel, what did you think about this? It was nice. I thought it was classy. Classy move by the NBA. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you know, it is what it is. These guys have been around a long time. I respect him. So I, I wouldn't have mind seeing them make the playoffs just because I, I wanted to see them go out uh, on top, especially if they're last, if these are their last uh, season. And, you know, it sucks because, you know, I really did enjoy their time, obviously. They were perennial all-stars. They were at the, at one point, something like, the, they're all-time greats, in my opinion. You know, Dirk is one of the best power forwards of all time. We're on that list. That's debatable. Uh, Dewey Wade's one of the best shooting guards of all time, maybe even top five uh, easily. And definitely it's like, top five. Don't say maybe right, top five. It, definitely top five. Yeah, I mean, I got to think about it. You know? I don't want to just say shit and not, you know, eat my words later. <laughs> I'm just going to top my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's third on my um, list, so. Yeah, I know. I get it. Uh, I know. I, I just hope um, – I mean, I wish them well. I mean, this is really this is the first time they've ever done that. This is pretty cool, you know. Because the, yeah. they're obviously only going to probably do it uh, for guys that are obviously on their last legs. And I hope they do it for Vince Carter before he leaves. In my opinion, I would love to see yeah. Vince in an All Star game one more time, one more time before yeah. he's out completely. But yeah, this Absolutely. is really cool. Uh, cool move by the NBA. Yeah, like you said, very classy. Uh, Juwan, what were your thoughts? I wanted to hate it. <laughs> To be completely honest with you guys, um, mainly because Ooh, you're, opening up, you're opening up <laughs> another roster spot. You're opening <laughs> no, because I, I originally thought you know you're opening up another roster spot that because every All Star year we always feel as though at least one or two guys um, got snubbed. Right, get so snubbed. It's like if yeah. you're, right. So if you're opening it up, it should be for a chance for those one or two guys to not be snubbed. Um, but I think what I'm more in the mindset of is this should be a bigger thing to where 
um, you do have, uh, the, the, you know, two extra spots. Um, and it's not just reserved for when those Hall of Fame guys decide that they're going to retire. It's every year to where you have those extra two spots, and then we can kind of try to avoid um, having huge snubs. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm completely fine with this. I would love this a lot more if this year's All-Star game was competitive. I'm not talking about playoff NBA Finals competitive, but just competitive in a sense to where maybe Dwayne Wade has the last second shot that wins the All-Star game, or maybe Dirk has the last second shot that wins the All-Star game. Like, I would just like it to be more entertaining, not just I'm going to throw it off the backboard and, you know, you guys are going to come do a crazy thing. Right. Like, I would like it to be when Dwayne Wade elbowed Kobe in the nose kind of competitive. Like, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it's something fun like that. Um, obviously no one gets hurt, but fun like how competitive that game was. And then I think I'd be completely fine with, with the idea of those two guys getting those last two spots. Yeah, uh, just just for a frame of reference here, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, 14-time All-Star. Um, yep. 4.2 points per game, 0.3 assists per game, 1.8 rebounds per game. Definitely this is a legacy spot. Like, we all know that to be true. Um, right. But still, man, yeah. I, like, I like him being there. Yeah. I wonder, though, like, will this, will, like, will, it, like, in, uh, like, if you check out, like, his stats, like, in his career, like, his Wikipedia page, like, Later on down the line, will there be, like, an asterisk by his All-Star game appearances? Like, will this one not, like, really yeah, count? That's a good point. Like, it's just, <laughs> I mean. How many legacy appearances? Just, well, you should only have one. Right. Yeah, I, like, I'm going to be honest. If I was Dirk and they did that, I'd be pissed. Mainly because I didn't ask you <laughs> to open this up to put me in. So you better count it as right. a real All-Star, uh, you know, appearance. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it doesn't really separate. matter. Uh, you have one if, legacy if appearance. Not everybody can if say you've, that. <laughs> if, you've made, if you've made 13 All-Star appearances and now it's 14, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you, right. were, you were just as relevant at 13 as you were 14. So, like, at that right. point, it doesn't really matter. Like, so, you know, it is whatever. Um, but anyway, let's get into it. Uh, out of the East, um, I... I I can't believe Jimmy Butler didn't make it. Like, I uh, I, I I mean I get the fact that like the coaches were the ones who picked this these rosters, um, the you know the the benches, um, and you know I think it's probably like a like a message to Jimmy Butler, but I got some stats pulled up for you because you know I do. Um, so Chris yeah. Middleton made it right, and Chris Middleton deserved uh-huh. to make it. Let me let me just preface what I'm about to say um, uh, you know as far as Butler versus Middleton here and say I totally think Middleton deserves to make it Um, I just think Jimmy Butler deserves it more than Middleton and deserved it over three other dudes that are on this fucking team Um, namely those being uh, Kyle Lowry uh, D'Angelo Russell um, and uh, there was one other, but I can't remember who the other one was. Um, but uh, but anyway, Middleton, uh, 17.3 points per game. Jimmy Butler, 19.5 points per game. Checkmark Jimmy Butler. Uh, turnovers, Middleton, 2.3. Jimmy Butler, 1.5. Checkmark Jimmy Butler. Blocks, 
Middleton, 0.1 blocks per game. He's never averaged more than 0.3 blocks per game in a season. Uh, he is averaging 0.1. This dude's 6'8", by the way. I can't imagine. Like, I don't know how he doesn't get more blocks. Um, but uh, 0.1, Jimmy Butler, 0.6. Uh, Checkmark, Jimmy Butler. Uh, steals, 2.1. Jimmy Butler, 1.1. Chris Middleton. Um, Checkmark, Jimmy Butler. Uh, field goal percentage. Um uh, Jimmy Butler is uh, 47.8%. Middleton, 44.1%. Checkmark, Jimmy Butler. Like, I feel like you guys are seeing a trend here. Um, free throw percentage, uh, three-point percentage are basically a wash. Jimmy Butler has 0.1% better in uh, field goal percentage. Middleton is point. 5% better in three-point percentage. So those are basically kind of a wash. Uh, Middleton does have more rebounds um, and assists per game. Uh, he has 0.3 more assists per game than Butler, and he has um, 0.8 more rebounds per game than Jimmy Butler. But that is it. You can't tell me that Jimmy Butler – is not as good as Chris Middleton, even this year, regardless of their careers. This year, you can't tell me that Jimmy Butler doesn't deserve a spot over Chris Middleton or any other slew of guys. I chose Middleton because um, I think Middleton should make it in, but I just wanted to use him because they basically operate in the same kind of position on the court. So they're like much more easily comparable than someone like, say, Kyle Lowry or D'Angelo Russell or whoever. Um, that's got to be my biggest snub of the whole fucking shit. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty cool with the East. I think the, most everybody else they got right. I'm glad Vooch made it. Um, I think he deserved it. Um, and uh, and I you know I like the fact that D'Angelo Russell made it. Um, I just think you know he should have been you know he should have just made it over Kyle Lowry. Um, and and Butler should be in there. Um. You know, as 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 a all star, uh, you know, not a replacement all star or whatever. Um, but uh, anyway, let me kick it over to you, Joel. What are your thoughts on the East? You, I think you kind of mentioned that you agreed with me on the the Jimmy Butler thing. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, is that? Yeah, I mean, that's a snub, right? That's a big time snub. For me, it was. Yeah, I mean, um, I had I had maybe two guys off on my list um i had jimmy butler and uh at one point i had john wall but obviously when he got hurt and things uh right. i replaced him with d'angelo russell so i had d'angelo russell in there um i didn't have middleton in there over jimmy butler i had jimmy butler over chris middleton so i had middleton as an honorable mention and i had andre drummond as an honorable mention based on stats alone not me, me because of his <laughs> His uh, what's it called? Yeah. Uh, record hasn't been great, but just statistically, Drummond is doing well again. Uh, but yeah, yeah those are my my biggest snubs in the East would probably be uh, Jimmy Butler and uh, um, Drummond, I guess. But really, more Jimmy Butler because James will eventually need it. <laughs> yeah, and and again, like I like I love that Chris Middleton made it. I think he deserves it. I mean, the great and all that. I, right. I mean, I mean anybody, that's what gave him the edge, in my opinion. Oh yeah, and and like, yeah. but if anybody like, I I I just feel like, like give it give it to Jimmy over over Lowry. Like yeah, Lowry no, Lowry had it. a really really good start to the season, 
But yes, he did. He hadn't played like great, you know, down the stretch of the. No, um, you he know, got the, hurt up until the playoffs. He slacked. Mm-hmm. Right, he slacked pretty hard, and then uh, he's kept his assists up, but that's really everything from when he started. Because he really, like you said, he started strong. He was definitely on my list when the year started, right. but he fell off yeah, as when he got hurt and he came off and was kind of. Well, that's why I replaced him with Russell. Yeah, yeah, and like I, I just feel like that would have been. That would have made sense. I felt like, uh, and I felt like, you know, if you're replacing Oladipo, you should replace Oladipo with a similar player, and Butler kind of fits that mold more than um, Mm -hmm. D'Angelo Russell. Um, Though, I think Russell should have just made it over Lowry to begin with. So, um, so that would be my argument, you know. Um, But nevertheless, Jawan, you've got to be relishing in, in the fact that you know, both uh, myself and Joel are basically shit talking Lowry um, right now. Uh, um, do you want to do you want to chime in on this? Uh, no, because you guys say I'm hating when I do. So you guys have said enough on behalf of that. Um, but I told you so. Anyway, um, I was supposed <laughs> to say that um, Jimmy being snubbed. Uh, is is a huge issue, but again, it's one of those reasons to why it's like if you're opening up two spots, legacy or not, these are some of the issues we come across. There's always sure. going to be snubs. Um, so the idea of you opening up two additional spots and our snub not being put in is going to bother some people. Um, that's why I said you should keep those extra spots always. And then if we come across like a Vince Carter decides not this year, maybe next year he wants to retire, and you want to use one of those spots for him, sure. But the other spot should go possibly to someone that might be, you know, uh, revered as a snub. Um, but one guy, I I tried to fight my hardest in saying I did not think he should have been an all-star, um, especially uh, over, over Jimmy Butler, um, but it's really hard to do, is Clay Thompson for me. Um, I well, think that's wet. Because, well, yeah, yeah, different conference. Right. <laughs> a different conference, different conference. But I'm just saying a guy that I thought, I just, he didn't sell me this year. And it wasn't until recently, maybe last month, month and a half, um, maybe two months. Um, but he started off so poorly this year. I don't know yeah, what it was. Couldn't buy a shot. Um, but to me, excuse me, one of the benefits of Clay Thompson is it's okay to be in a shooting slump when you have a team like that because um, what happens is they're going to get you open looks. Eventually, those shots are going to start to start to knock down. Um, so it's not like you are on the Timberwolves uh, and uh, Wiggins is doing nothing, Carl Anthony Towns is doing nothing. Like Jimmy Butler couldn't at any point afford to be as cold as Clay Thompson started this season off. At. Right. Um, so Again, easier. West. Yeah. Right. I mean, my, my biggest issue, my biggest in the issue. the beginning is of the year, I, maybe. I feel as though um, NFL and NBA should do all-star purely based off of uh, best players. Forget the conference. Yes. Best I agree. Players. We are. Uh, best players. Uh, right. Mainly because you could try to avoid things like that. Like, I honestly, if you ask me who would I rather have in the all-star game this year, Jimmy Butler or Clay? I would take Jimmy Butler. Um, right, but uh, 
again, ahead, I think this goes back to he he was snubbed by the coaches because of how he acted earlier in the season and got himself out of Minnesota. I think that's what it comes down to. I now we just go three all stars. I don't I don't think I don't think had you yeah. opened up east and west, I mean it wouldn't have mattered because you would have had more people coming in from the west anyway. Like right. Middleton wouldn't have made it because somebody in the West would have made it over him. Like Jimmy Butler right. not making it in the East is more of a referendum like than East West. You know, but but I do agree with you though, and we'll let, let's let's hop into the West people because I I mean I I definitely agree with you, Clay Thompson. Um, now he has um, kind of righted the ship as of late. Like he's he's got more on the level. Um, he he's worked his way back up to a respectable thirty eight percent from three, um, which by the way is still by far the lowest of his career. Um, he has never shot below forty percent uh, for a season um, from three, um, and shooting thirty eight point three percent right now. He's you know trailing his his uh, worst season by a relatively large margin, you know, considering. Um, but uh, he, he's also um, shooting one of his worst free throw percentages of the year, 81%. Um, he's been really good. Um, and I don't hate that he's an all-star. Like, I mean, he has turned it on as of late. Um, but I just think that I, I, I think you can't you, you have to take the whole season, the whole half season anyway, um, and, and have that be kind of the measuring stick. Um, you, you don't pick the flavor of the week guy. Um, and, you know, I, I just don't – I agree with you, Juwan. I just don't think he, he, he quite, like, quite lived up to the measure of deserving that all-star spot this season. He's a great player. He's a great defender. Um, clutch shooter, all that, but like he just hadn't been super consistent. He is really, really rough earlier in the season, um, and yeah, I mean, I just think there's there's guys out there um, who who maybe deserved it a little more than him. Um, but let's let's get into um, you know kind of uh, just more broadly uh, anybody um, Joel who who you kind of thought. Because um, I feel like the West, there, there, there was more controversy at least in the West. I feel like the East no was pretty much, pretty much Jimmy Butler. Um, but in the West, I mean, you got people like Lamarcus Aldridge who made it. Um, you got yeah, Clay Thompson I agree with that. who made it. You got Carl Anthony Towns who made it. I agree with that one either. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, just speak on that for a little bit, and maybe, maybe tell. Our audience, you know, who who you would have preferred to see and and why? Yeah, I would love to know what their thought process was behind all that. I didn't have Clay Thompson or uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, I didn't have definitely um, not Aldridge. That was the weirdest. Comment. I didn't. No, I didn't have him. I mean, he's been good. I'm not going to say he hasn't. He, he definitely been the best last player year. on this year. team. He's not. He's not. You know, but look, I get it. Look. I don't agree with it, and like a cat either. I thought their team hasn't been good enough to to even deserve an All Star, and that's why I didn't have Cat on the team either. Um, like I thought, Demar Derozan probably more so than Aldridge definitely deserved to get in. 
Um, yeah. I would even have had De'Aaron Fox uh, in there. I thought he probably deserved to get in. Uh, Tobias Harris, I thought, got super snubbed. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Clippers were doing, doesn't do well. I thought Tobias Clippers didn't get one fucking all-star, man. Not one. Ain't no not love for the Clippers. One. I would have even considered the rookie Luka Doncic getting in over some of these guys, especially Clay and them. And it's just, and I know their their team has struggled, but Luka's been killing it. And it's just like, I had him more. I didn't have him on the team initially. But I'm just saying he was like an honorable mention. Mark Gasol too was in the beginning of the season, and then you know the team completely yeah, collapsed. Yeah, he trailed. No more Mark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mike yeah. Conley too. I had him on there too for a while. Yeah, and, you and know, trailed that a little team bit suffered. <laughs> but yeah, oh, those are definitely. Trail, uh, yeah. It was like Gasol trailed as You're far right. as like performance. Conley didn't really trail right. as far as performance. Just the, the fucking team right. collapsed. The record, right? That's why I put the, the yeah. Aaron Fox over him, or I put Luca or or uh, DeRozan, some people like that over him. But yeah, there's a couple yeah, snubs see, in the left. Yeah, see, man, like it boils down to this to me: like Clay, Towns, and um, Aldridge. I would go Tobias Harris, um, so sub him out for whoever. Um, I would definitely go DeMar DeRozan, so so take Aldridge out and put DeRozan in as far as the spur who makes it. Um, and then, you know, if, if one of those guys had made it, um, I would have been all right um, because I think you can make a really good argument between Clay, Towns, Aldridge, um, Luca. Um, or, you know, any any one of those other, uh, you know, potential candidates in the West. But, man, right. for, for first of all, for the Clippers not to have one dude, Tobias Harris should have been on the All-Star team. Like, this year, like, yeah. just, like, I've, I'm, I'm very adamant about that. Um, and I just think DeRozan is, is, has had a better season and is a better player than Aldridge, thus, like I'm gonna put the better player from the same team on the All Star game ahead of the lesser player. Um, right, so right. like those 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 have got to be my two big grapes um, as well. Um, Juwan, you kind of let us in with uh, you know your thoughts on Clay. Um, you know any any thoughts on anybody else out of the West that you you felt like maybe uh, didn't deserve a spot or you know maybe not didn't deserve it but you know maybe somebody else deserved a little more. Well, you guys know I'm going to start with. Uh, I was devastated to know that Luka Doncic did not make the All Star team. Yeah, um, you love him. I love some Luka Doncic. Uh, that that's yeah, what the clay the clay pick made me even more upset about is that. Clay, again, I believe off name, um, beat out guys who, um, you know, are looking for their first run at it. Tobias Harris, um, Luca. Um, I will say this. I agree with you guys for Tobias. Um, I'd say if I had to choose between DeMar, LaMarcus, or Luca, I'd go Luca. Um, for Whoa. That other no. spot. Go I'm, going, no I'm going Luca. I never would have guessed. No, no. Listen, listen. I agree with you. DeMar DeRozan has been balling. But I kind of feel like Luka, if the Mavericks were in the Eastern Conference, Luka would have that team in the playoffs. Luka would have that team in the playoffs. And if the Spurs were in the Western Conference, they'd be top three. Like, what's your point? And the Kings, too. Kings would be in the playoffs, too. Kings would be in the playoffs. De'Aaron Fox is is also another pick that I really like. 
Um, I yeah. will say this though. I will say this. I do want Doc to get the um, to get his players to to use this as uh, bulletin board material. I want him to say, "Look, no one cares about you guys. No one's paying attention to you guys." I want them to make noise when it matters. I get it. Tobias Harris being snubbed is huge because all-star votes do matter. Like, guys getting selected into the all-star does matter. But I want Mm -hmm. these guys to show up when it matters. I want you to win playoff games to really have people go, I can't ignore these guys anymore. Um, But I agree. Tobias Harris being snubbed is is crazy. Um, But, yeah, I – I, I personally am offended that Luca is not in the All Star game to jerk it. <laughs> so <laughs> that is gonna forever be something that really kinda rifles my feathers. But he has such a, a huge future ahead of him. I'm sure he'll make it next year. Yeah. I mean he, he yeah. He, he's he's definitely here. got a good <laughs> he is yeah, he's got he's yeah. <laughs> the last the last rookie wing player to make the all star game. And I'll, I'll say wing. I mean, I know he's, like, really a point guard, but um, you know, he's kind of that – for the most of the season has been playing that kind of, like, point forward position. Um, like, the last one to make it was Grant Hill, and that was, like, 93 or 94. Um, so it's it's been a while. Uh, so that didn't happen very often. So, I mean, it's not um, – you know, not the biggest slight. And, Don't you know, our, our talent pool yeah. – our talent pool – is a lot bigger now, and the amount of roster spots has stayed the same. <laughs> so, yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, um, so, yeah, so there's a lot of factors. At there. least make it 13. Um, anyway. that's, that's what it is now, even on active roster. I need at least 13 guys. Yeah, I I agree. I, I would almost even say 15. Um, or, like, yeah. again... I, like I know, I'm gonna be real quick about this, and, and our viewers aren't mm-hmm. gonna know what the fuck I'm talking about, but you guys will. Um, like with my whole like, in, you know, expansion idea with 32 teams and having four conferences: north, south, east, west, um, with eight teams in each conference. Like I, I just think like if you ever did that, like you could have two all-star games basically: north, north versus south, east versus west. Like that way you could like. Yeah you get all of the talent in there, you know, like, and still have the East versus West thing, but then you have a North versus South thing. I don't know. I think it would be kind of cool. Um, at the very least, at the very least, like, I think you could even have like a tournament. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it would be yeah. really cool. Um, yeah. and like, I see. And, and if you did a tournament, um, instead of having like the, the rookie game or the, the, uh, rookie versus sophomore game or, or world mm-hmm. versus, you know, the rising stars game. USA. You just like, right. yeah, you just, you just pick like two rising stars for each team. So you get eight of them or whatever. Maybe you pick three for each team. So you get, you know, right. 12 of them all together. Um, so you have to have, you have to have at least three people on your roster out of 12 or 13 or whatever that are first or second year players um, just to kind of work them in, you know, and then, yeah, maybe you could have a tournament and just do away with the rising stars challenge. You just envelop both of those together. Um, but yeah, or you could know, also Adam get Silver rid of, uh, you could also get rid of positions and just vote in the best players. No. I mean, yeah. Uh, not, not positions, Although no, I think they I need like... to Put positions no. back in there. <laughs> no, 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 no. They no, need I'm to sure. add bigs. 
stop. I didn't mean right. positions. I meant conference. Sorry, I meant conference. Oh, I don't yeah, want yeah, a whole yeah. game full of fucking point guards. I swear I'll shoot somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I meant conference. I'm Calm a little down. scared. I, I'm, I don't even. I don't even think Joel's joking right now. Like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm to kill <laughs> um, All right. Well, let's move on then. Um, <laughs> the um, the Lakers uh, have made a offer to the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, at least a reported offer, um, and it's crazy. Uh, they offered Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Rondo, Stevenson, and Beasley to make the money work, uh, and two first-round picks in exchange for Anthony Davis, and they were willing to take on Solomon Hill's shitty-ass contract. And these motherfuckers said no, and we got a report like maybe an hour before we, we went live saying the Lakers are just, like, done. Like, they're like, fuck this, because essentially the Pelicans want, you know, six to eight draft picks, which would be four draft picks and then swap rights for various years. Um, Like, I know that, you know, I said, like, you know, last week that the Pelicans should use, you know, Boston waiting in the wings as leverage and try and leverage as much out of the Lakers as they possibly could get. Um, but don't be stupid. <laughs> Dude, you're getting a fucking hell of an offer here. Like, Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, as far as, you know, that's concerned, you're you're getting two first-round picks, and you're getting off Solomon Hill's contract. Like, you're getting – like, I could understand maybe saying, like, we want Zubat. We'll send you back whoever, but we want Zubat. Like, something like that I could get, but saying, like, no, we want two more first-round picks. We want swap rights for at least two more, if not, you know, four or more. Um, like, and, and you know what, furthermore, furthermore, like, I would totally expect this to come down the pipeline. We, you got to take each one more, too, and, and you know, <laughs> send us Pope. Or, you know, send Pope somewhere else and send us an expiring contract. Like, just, just like, dude, know when you've won. Like you've won, like you've gotten enough out of this trade. You're getting Ball, Ingram, Kuzma. Like just go ahead and and make sure you get Zubats out of that, and then call All it a day, guys. dude. You get two first All round picks. Them. You get off Solomon <laughs> Hill's contract. Like I don't, I don't know what more you want, so dude. I don't get it. The only thing that I can like really like. The only thing I can really rationalize here is, like, if if I'm Del Dimps, and, and maybe I'm just, again, trying to string them along and, and just make them worry right up until the deadline and then go back and be like, all right, I'll do it for this. Like, get them to throw as much at you as you possibly can get them to do, and then – Right at the deadline, make a counter and say, we'll take everything you said, but we also want this little thing in return. And then maybe the Lakers are like, fuck it, yes, we'll do it. You know, but like if, you, like, if you're not seriously entertaining the Lakers offer, like, I don't know what the fucking point of all this is. And it does, it really mm-hmm. doesn't seem like they are, like, with, with their type of retorts and requests. It, it reminds me of when 
Phil tried to like dangle Chris Dapps and was like, yeah, we'll trade Chris Dapps. And then like went around to like four different teams throughout the league and was like, I want, you know, five first round picks and you know what what the fuck ever, dude. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, no, we're not giving you that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on this, Joel? Like, if you're if you're the GM of the Pels, do you take that offer, or do you try and wait it out and see what you can maybe get out of Boston if Kyrie stays and you know they're still willing to deal Tatum? Well, I mean, <laughs> the Dems better be careful with playing chicken with these motherfuckers because they might end up yeah. with nothing at the end of the day. Um, that's right. what's going to happen if he keeps fucking around. Um, um, I mean, I don't, like you said, I don't know what else he could offer them. I think what, what <laughs> I think when, uh, Magic decided to walk away when they started asking for their firstborn and he realized, you know what, this is probably not worth it. Maybe we should go away from uh, all this shit. Um, it's just, I, I don't, they're ridiculous right now. I don't know what else, like you just said, I don't know what else you could ask for. You're getting carefully, you getting every young person on that squad and picks. Now we want two more picks. I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. Like, wow. Like, what? Wow. It, it It's just everything. They want everything. And at this point, it's just kind of embarrassing. I think they're just trying to embarrass them. It's just like, well, you guys are tampering. You guys go suck a dick. And it's just having them ask, ask, ask. That's why, apparently, the Lakers will talk to them again, but they want them back and forth. Like, right now, it looks like it's just them giving offers and them not asking for anything in return. So New Orleans is kind of just playing with them. Because um, they're probably going to hold off till the summer for Boston's offer, where they probably want Jason Tatum. That's really, really what it comes down to. They want Boston's uh, pick, and they want, of course, Jason Tatum. Uh, Jason Tatum. That would probably be the prize key piece for that to work out. And it's funny because, like, a, lot, a couple weeks ago, we're like, no, they're not going to get Jason Tatum. They wouldn't trade Jason Tatum. And now it's like, well, that's definitely going to happen if you want him. That's that's an ad. That's right. where we're starting. You're getting Jason Tatum if you're going to get him. I mean, right. and it made sense. I mean, you have to take back. So, but you're here's losing the thing. Anthony Davis. Here's the so. thing, though. Like you're you're trusting two things. You're mm-hmm. trusting Kyrie Irving to stay in Boston, which to me yep. right now is a coin flip. And right. you are also trusting Danny Ainge to follow through with what he tells you now, and that's still do too. it come July, like. To me, that's a 50-50 proposition. So you couple those together, you got a 25% chance, in my opinion, of Jason Tatum being on the fucking table come July. If you just couple right. those odds together. Like, dude, you've got Lonzo, fucking Ingram, and Kuzma, plus two first-round picks, plus you get off Solomon Hill's contract at your fucking doorstep right now. You fucking take yep. that offer, man. Like a whole like you new just, team. Like you do. <laughs> yeah. And like and here's the thing. You take that offer, you trade Miritich, and honestly, like, I would probably just keep Randall and like let him be my center and try to like re sign him in the off season. You'll have the money. <laughs> right, but here's the thing. You'll have the money to throw at him and yeah, that's the Lakers team, but you know what the big difference is? You got Drew Holiday Instead of Contavious Caldwell Pope, that's a huge fucking upgrade. Not to mention, you've got all of these guys who have 
progressed a little bit from last year and could continue to progress, like, dude, you fucking take that deal. And maybe, like, all of these guys not playing in L.A. under all of this fucking pressure where they can just fucking be easy and play, um, especially yeah. Ingram, man, the big easy. because like Ingram, Ingram's been playing pretty fucking well um, the last like week or so. Um, like pretty much since these trade talks like ramped up, Ingram was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna fucking ball out," <laughs> like, and he has been. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I just don't see. I don't. I think the thing is, if you turn down that trade and then Tatum for whatever reason, does not become available. And then you go back to the Lakers, and you have to take something less than what was there. You are going to look like a fucking moron. Like, just take the sure thing and, like, save any amount of face that you can because you don't know that you're going to be able to get Tatum come July. You just don't know what the landscape is going to be like. Um, And the fact that the Knicks just open up two max roster spots – and Kyrie is so like, I mean, he, I mean, he stated yeah. in the past that he would love to play for the Knicks. J.R. Smith said he would love to play for the Knicks when you know as a secondary source. Um, and dude, it's just you're you're on thin fucking ice if you wait until the off season, and then if you miss out on Tatum, cool, you are you're pretty much fucked, son. Like that's that's how you get fired. Yeah. If Kyrie walks, they get fucked. Easily fucked. Yeah. Because they're not getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> no. And rightfully so. Like, I mean, if if I was Boston and if Kyrie signed, like, re-signed or said, you know, if you trade for for Horf, uh, for um, a Davis, then I'll re-sign. Like, sure, like, I would trade Tatum. But, like, if he walks, there ain't no fucking way I'm trading Tatum, dude. Ain't no fucking way because Davis could walk the year after that. So like, yeah, right. it's just, it's 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 just common sense. Um, but Jawan, what are your thoughts on you know this this latest offer and essentially the <laughs> the Pels just you know dicking around? Hold on, before and, you and, before you send this to Jawan, before so Jawan could talk about it. They are currently Lakers are playing the the Pacers apparently. And the crowd is cheering uh, as uh, Brandon Ingram is at the free throw line. They're they're cheering. LeBron is going to trade you. LeBron is going to trade you. So continue. <laughs> That's what's going on right now <laughs> in Indiana. Oh man, Pacers fans, man, they're undefeated. <laughs> that's that's gold. That's that's really good. Um, who's winning that game, though? By the way, I do not. I gotta check. I didn't see the score. I just All right, yeah, headline. check that out. Um, Juwan, what are your thoughts on the the uh, ongoing Davis trade? The uh, the Pelicans. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the, and this is what's dangerous about uh, the NBA. Once you make yourself uh, desperate, other teams are are going to do one or two things: take advantage or just toy around with you. Um, and apparently, the Pelicans know how desperate the Lakers are for um, Anthony Davis. And they have absolutely no interest in trading AD to the um, to the Lakers. I mean, they've kind of made that known, that once AD said, hey, I want to go there, and I'm only looking to go there, they were like, cool, guess what? We're going to send you anywhere but there. We'll even tell you that you can't play this year, and then wait, and then send you to the one team it seems like everybody in your camp doesn't want you to go to, which is the Boston Celtics. <laughs> 
Um, so, I mean, they're obviously being petty. That That is clear. Um, what the Lakers offered them yes, was sure. great. It's not yep. like Magic Johnson offered them something that, um, you know, was a slap in the face or a spit in the face. He offered right. them something really good. Um, so for them to kind of, you know, lift their noses up at, at Magic Johnson is it, just them saying, we see what you guys have done. Like I said to you guys before, I found, I found it to be a huge issue that the guy that represents LeBron represents Anthony Davis. And right around the time LeBron becomes a Laker, now Anthony Davis is ready to leave. That is a huge problem to me. So if I'm the Pelicans, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Hell no, he's not about to take advantage of me. No, 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 no. If you want him before his free agency, I want every single possible asset, whether it's player or draft pick, that you possess. I want it all. But so you've got to be within reason. No, yeah, Nick, listen, listen to me, listen to me. I'm saying I would make that trade if I was the Pelicans. All I'm saying is I'm playing devil's advocate. I get why they're being so um, completely lost the word. Uh, petty. You know, I get why, I get, yes, I get yeah. why the, the Pelicans are being petty. I get it. Stingy. If yeah, I'm the Pelicans, yeah. if, I found out, if I find out the Lakers' best player is having dinner with my best player, now my best player is like, I don't want to be here. I'm going to be extremely petty unless you offer yeah. me something that I just possibly can't say no to, like eight draft Yeah, which is what like, I, I can't feel say like no they that. just offered them. <laughs> no, the Pelicans. How can you say no to what they just offered you? And, like, here's the thing. I, like, I think they're going to accept it. I, like, I think there might be some little nuances um, that change in that offer. But I think that offer in principle – I, I just I, – if you're Del Demps, you'd be an idiot not to accept that package. Like it, like I said, maybe you get Zubats out of it. Maybe – like may, there's some small little things that you can iron out. But like that package in general is golden. Like that's a great fucking I agree. package. Like, I completely agree. Say, though, if I'm the Celtics, I know the Celtics are like, just wait till the offseason, you know, let's lock up Kyrie and everything. My only issue with Boston is I would have to find a way to see if AD commits, only because this is what this is what went off in my brain, right, of Celtics not rushing, just see what Kyrie does. If Kyrie does leave, you still, you know, you obviously take Jason Tatum completely off the table. But do you guys remember the year Durant became a free agent? A lot of people thought the Celtics were a front runner to land him. Like, that wasn't you know, one of those long shot things. A lot of people are like that. I mean, they even brought in Tom freaking Brady into the yeah. uh, into the room to talk to Durant. A lot of people were like, "Thank God they didn't." They, get they it. could. Well, yes, I agree. Um, but a lot of people were like, "This is a possibility." I don't think anyone thought the Golden State Warriors were going to get him before the Golden State Warriors actually got him. Um, so my Draymond Green did. I'm the Celtics. Well, Draymond Green, mm-hmm. yes, because of course you know he talked mm-hmm. to KD. Uh, according to Shannon Sharp, he cried to him. So, of course, that Draymond knew what was going on. Um, yeah. But, you know, if I'm the Celtics, I honestly am not in a rush. I honestly kind of feel like I'm confident enough in saying, if I can get a sit-down with AD, like if he does not go to the Lakers and the Pelicans hold off for whatever reason, I am comfortable approaching him in free agency with the same exact pitch I gave Durant. Like, and I have now better, better um, results to show him than I had when I was kind of appealing to Durant. 
we are we you know we almost made it to the the finals last year. This year is looking like we could make it to the finals. So it's like I kind of feel confident in that. But if AD's camp is telling him, I don't want you in in Boston. I want you in New York, Milwaukee, weirdly, Clippers or the Lakers. Then it's just like don't make that trade because then if AD decides he wants to leave, what do you do then? So it's like if you're the Celtics, you are in possibly one of the best situations anyone in the NBA could be because you have fallback options. Don't give away your fallback options. Let things play out and listen to what his camp is saying because his camp is saying there's no way in hell I let AD sign long-term with the Boston Celtics. So I'm with you, though, Nick, in closing. If I'm Pelican, I make that trade. I would have already made that trade and had those young kids and those assets um, heading over to uh, to New Orleans. I mean, I just I just don't understand how you, you can't. But I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I do think – I think when it comes down to it, Del Dimps, hopefully he will – be smart about this and be like, you know what, like, like a bird in hand, it, you know, like, is, is worth more than than you know whatever uh, Danny Ainge has in the bush, and and especially. I do want to say this, Nick. Yeah. Doesn't um, doesn't one of I don't know if it's the owner or not, so that's why I'm asking. I'm not saying I'm asking. Doesn't yeah. Didn't the owner pass, and his wife is now the the owner? Yes. Of of the that's Pelicans. Correct. I heard yeah. something today that she was leaning on Adam Silver to kind of help her uh, make kind of, you know, obviously not make the, the decision because she has people to help her do that, but kind of steer her in the right direction. I'm kind of finding it hard to believe uh, Adam Silver steers her anywhere anywhere besides L.A. Uh, I just find it very difficult to believe. So if that is yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, especially that, given that, that, that offer. Very, yeah, absolutely, because yeah. it's fair. It's fair. I mean, you're getting three young, promising prospects and two draft picks and getting off of Hill's contract. Like, that's that, that, there is a lot of great um, things in that offer. And, like, again, like the fact that they're willing to take on Solomon Hill's contract, like that's something that – see, that that's something where I thought the Lakers would draw the line. Like, we're not taking on – salary because we need to add pieces next season um and the fact that they're willing to do that like damn like that's that's just that's like the the coup de gras that's the it's it's you know the the cherry on top if you will so i don't know we'll see how it plays out but i i i would hope that new orleans takes that offer for their sake um you know because if they don't i don't I don't necessarily think they're going to get a better offer in the off season. I just, I, sure. something tells there's just too many variables, too many variables that could happen in the off season that that you know means they won't get a better offer. So, um, right. but again, I, I I applaud them on driving up the Lakers' offer by leveraging Boston getting in the picture in the off season. Like that part of this, you know, I said last week. They use that as leverage, and they have. And as long as they make the deal um, and get more out of it than even I thought they could get out of it um, initially, like, hey, good, good for you. Like, but we'll see if they do make the deal or inevitably wait for uh, the offseason and possibly a lesser deal. Um, let's let's stay in the Lakers camp here. Um, Luke Walton. 
coach, Luke Walton, uh, he reportedly got into a heated discussion with a few of the Lakers' bets, um, and it stopped just short of physical altercation. Damn. Like, we've heard, like, Luke's kind of on the hot seat and whatnot, but, like, apparently, like, you know, he's basically, uh, I guess, trying to, you know, rein in, you know, these vets, whether it be Beasley or Stevenson um, and Rondo and and kind of saying, hey, we need to, like, fucking play a little more team ball. And apparently, like, Michael Beasley was the one who was kind of most, um, the, the, the agitator, if you will, I guess, um, and you know, essentially didn't want to hear that shit. It was just, um, you know, but uh, but if you watch the game, like uh, you know, they they were playing well early, and then you know when they got into the later part of the game, they I mean kind of started playing like hero ball. So I I I see where Luke is coming from, but the fact that you've got all of these veterans that are just ready to step to you, that is not a good sign if you're Luke Walton and you're already on the fucking hot seat. Um, you need to have more control over that team. Um, it's one thing for, say, a guy like Jimmy Butler to be, um, you know, like uh, argumentative. It's another thing for, you know, a guy like Michael Beasley who is essentially uh, just shy of a vet minimum guy, like being able to step to you as head coach. Like that's those are worlds apart as far as what you should be able to tolerate. Um, I got to think at this point, Luke Walton's just like, God damn it, magic, get that fucking trade through. So I can get fucking Rondo and Lance and Beasley off of this fucking team, please. Um, but uh, what, what what did you think when you heard about this, Juwan? Were you, uh, you know, do you think Luke, you know, should should stay put? Um, do you think maybe they should um, look at a different coach? And, and and what do you think about this particular situation and 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 how it bodes for him? Uh, and his future as head coach of that team. Uh, when I say this, I want to make sure I'm clear. I'm not putting this on LeBron uh, specifically. Um, but Luke, if I'm Luke Walton, I got into the situation thinking I was taking a team from the bottom and trying to build these young guys up, only for management right. to then go, here's Magic, and then once Magic was there, here's LeBron. And that once LeBron hits your team, that changes everything. Because you yes, can see these players, you can see these players weren't these players aren't ready for a championship push, and they're not going to be until they actually go through it. Um, so it's one of those things to where it's like Luke Walton wasn't coaching a championship team a year ago; he was coaching uh, young prospects and trying to build them up and build this team up. So now that LeBron's there, everyone's like, "No, no, 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 Luke! Like you're not coaching youth anymore; you're coaching a championship." The coaching for a championship. So now if I'm Luke, I'm like, well, that's kind of not what I was trying to do. So if my timetable isn't working for some of these veterans or some of these players, I don't know what you guys want me to do. I told you guys before, I didn't think Luke Walton was the guy you look to coach LeBron. Um, I just kind of feel like Luke does have potential to be a, a pretty decent head coach in this league. But I always felt like Luke should have been gone and they should have brought in the guy 
that um, that could coach a team like this, which is uh, what's his name? Um, coach the Cavs. Can't can't remember his name to save my life. Lou. Uh, Ty Lou. Yes, Ty Lou. Yes, yes. Um, bring him in. But I mean, why not bring him in? This team is obviously looking He's to move Laker, on from you. So. Uh, yeah. I think, and he, I think Knicks, he played with Luke Walton. I, I think he did. did. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. The team is looking to move on from youth and kind of like mature up a little bit, get some some veterans, obviously make this AD move. So you need a guy who has experience coaching a championship team. Um, and bring in Tyler. I mean, it, it just makes sense. But this is not surprising because I did tell you guys, I did not think Luke Walton would last as long as he had. So that's a testament to him. But this does not shock me. Whatsoever. Yeah, well, Jeannie Buss loves him. Um, like she I does. Mean, she, she does indeed. She, yeah, I mean, she's she's pretty much. I feel like the reason he's still there, uh, and we'll see whether that holds up or not over the course of this season and um, the off season. Um, but uh, but Joel, um, what are your thoughts on you know Luke Walton's reported um, heated discussion with various Laker vets and you know, it, it basically stopping just short of like a physical altercation. Uh, all I'm saying is TikTok. That's it. Because it's just a matter of time before <laughs> him and everybody else on that fucking team is gone. And it's just LeBron and whoever they bring in. Because that's it. Everyone's on borrowed time in L.A. Yeah, can so we, everyone's a little wired. bring back player coaches? Like, you just let LeBron <laughs> be a fucking coach, too. Right? I mean, really, let him live or die by whatever method he wants to fucking use. But just like, yeah, just let him be a fucking coach, right? I'll do it. That's what he's gonna do. It's just he's, Yeah. That's why I'm not too worried about him. Like who gives a fuck? <laughs> Whoever was arguing with Luke Wall and Luke Wall will not be there next year. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> so Yeah, and none like, of them will be there next year either. Michael B. Right. ain't going to so be there. Good. Fucking Lance ain't going to be exactly. there. Rondo ain't going to be there. Nobody. None of them. None of them. None of them. Maybe Rondo. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. Um, but that's I doubt it. it. Um, yeah. We'll see. Um, it's just a very funny uh, situation because it's like I know they got to keep it together for their playoff uh, run because they should, they should at least try. Um, and uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I wish them all the luck in the world, but, you know, it's going to be tough. Yeah, in and out. Yeah, you you wish them all the luck in the world, like you wish Boston all the luck in the world, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I will don't, say, don't, Nick, don't break a leg. <laughs> I will say, Nick. I think, I think a huge test for Walton that I think Magic was paying a lot of attention to, um, and I think there was a little bit of sabotage there a little bit, but I won't get into that. I think Magic was paying attention to how the Lakers played without LeBron. Like how Luke was able to coach those guys, get some of those victories. I think Magic was playing close attention to that. I don't think that's fair, though. No, I agree. No, 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 no. I, I agree. I said I didn't think it was fair. That if I'm Luke Walton, I come here. I think I'm coaching you. And you guys turn me LeBron. I agree with you. I'm just saying. I think Magic paid a lot of attention to that. As far as do I want this guy going forward? I agree. It's unfair, but I do think he paid a lot of attention to that stretch. And I think that was part of the reason why LeBron was out a lot longer than even LeBron thought he was going to be. Yeah, maybe. Um, there, there, yeah, there's a lot of uh, theories behind that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I feel like the the task that he has been given is is 
is huge. And, you know, I mean, we, we kind of stated it from the beginning of this season. Like, the, Magic and, and Palenka didn't exactly, like, bring in free agents that made a whole lot of fucking sense. Like, it's not that they brought in bad players. They just brought in players that didn't necessarily fit with everybody else. Um, like, you know, if you're bringing in guys to put around LeBron, Rondo is definitely not the first guy I would think of because um, he can't shoot um, unless he's in the playoffs for whatever fucking reason. Um, Michael Beasley plays no fucking defense, and you already had fucking Kuzma, LeBron, and Ingram, so didn't really make a whole lot of sense there. Stevenson has by far been the best fit out of those three, um, and I actually think that was a good signing. Um, and he has kind of worked in, in a lot of various levels, whether it be handling the ball or playing off ball or playing defense. Um, Stevenson has actually been really good. Um, but th- just like their signings in general, like didn't make a whole lot of fucking sense. Uh, you know, so um, you're, you're asking a, a coach to juggle a lot of um, players that don't fit together and you're judging him on it. And it just, it's, 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 I don't like it. <laughs> I just don't like it because um, I I do think Luke Walton is a good coach, and I do think he could do a lot with a LeBron led team and players around him that fit LeBron. Um, but just the thing, you just don't have players around LeBron right now that fit him. So you know, you get what you get, and then you want to pitch a fit, and you know, fucking hell, dude, what are you gonna do? <laughs> like you don't have the players. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> we could <clears throat> go on about this for a while. Uh, let's move on. All right, let's get into some uh, yeah. some Kyrie debate. Uh, so when asked last Friday about his prior commitment to the Boston Celtics, Kyrie Irving said, ask me July 1st, and later added, I don't owe anybody shit. Um Basically, you know, and this this was a much longer discussion. So if you want to look up the tapes, I don't want to feel. I just don't want to feel like anybody's like, well, they're just taking this shit out out of context, you know, blah blah blah. Like, did I mean he did say both of these things? Um, and yes, it was a longer discussion, but you know, I mean, both of these things were fucking uttered from his mouth. So, um, but anyway, uh, it, it was it was. A, basically a pretty long discussion about his commitment um, to Boston. And he said in the, in that, you know, he was said, you know, he wasn't really thinking about the off season. He was committed to, you know, trying to win a championship with Boston and yada, yada, yada. But he also, you know, said, you know, those two quotes I just mentioned. Um, hey, what are your thoughts here? And, and, and let, let's not be coy about this. Um, this came the day after the fucking Porzingis trade went down, which freed up two max slots in New York. And it also came uh, in Madison Square Garden right before the Celtics faced off against the Knicks. Um, Coincidence or maybe not? I don't know. Uh, Joel, what are your thoughts? Well, all right, so... I don't want to look too much into it, but uh, it is kind of it's it, it is rather coincidental that he mm. has completely different 
attitude towards this whole thing as he did in the beginning of the season where he was like, I want to see my jersey in the rafters at the Garden. He wasn't very specific at which Garden, but, you know, he was in Boston at the time, so I guess we were talking about Boston. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to take that. I, I want to say that um, nobody knows. <laughs> like not a damn soul knows what Kyrie is going to do, and I think uh, Kyrie likes it that way. He holds the he holds all the cards. And I think at the end of the day, if Boston pays the man his money, he'll stay. But if they fuck with him, he'll leave. <laughs> like, I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, and we'll see what happens. But uh, he doesn't seem as uh, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion like it was in the beginning of the year. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Uh, I'm 50-50 at this point. Um, I, uh, and I think that's kind of what this indicates, is that Kyrie's 50-50 at this point. Like, because to me, he looks at this situation and says, you know, when I, you know, when I said that at the beginning of the year, like, you know, we had me coming back, we had Hayward coming back to add to a team that was like, really good and the second seed mm-hmm. and you know almost almost made it to the fucking finals like and they just haven't gelled they just haven't been that good this year like i mean they've been good just not that good and you know right. i think he kind of looks at the situation now and is like man like it's it the playoffs going to fucking dictate a lot <laughs> like what what ends up happening in the playoff like if they fucking like make it out the East and make it to the, you know, make it to the finals. Like, yeah, I, I would start leaning more towards him resigning with, with Boston, like heavily. Um, but if they get ousted in the second round, which is totally possible, I mean, they're probably going to have to go up against Toronto or Milwaukee in the second round. Um, like either one of those teams could fucking beat them like easily. Um like I'm not saying they will beat them easily. I'm just saying it could happen. It's it's easy right. to um, speculate that that would happen. Um, and if that right. happens, like dude, like you know, I'd start leaning heavily the other direction. So yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I I don't think it has to do with money though. I mean, I think I think Boston will pay him a max deal easy. I I mean, I just think that you know, if, if he doesn't if he doesn't feel like he's really gelling there. And we know he's from Jersey. Um, grew up a grew up a Nets fan, but like he he knows um, he knows like what Madison Square Garden and the Knicks and New York. You know he knows what all of that like the the regalia and what all that means. Like I I think there's a distinct possibility that he would look at that type of situation and, and you know basically be like, yeah, like I'm out. Like, uh, just simple as that, you know? Um, so, I mean, that's to me what it spells. I think the playoffs are going to go a long way uh, to his decision. And if they do well in the playoffs, um, I'll lean one way. And if they don't do well in the playoffs, I'll lean the other way. And I think Kyrie's probably feeling that exact way. Um, but you know, I mean, of course we'll, we'll see how it all plays out, but, uh, Juwan, um, what were your thoughts on Kyrie's comments and, you know, what do you think it all means? Well, i tell you this. If Kyrie goes to the Knicks, it, um, us wondering if he left LeBron, uh, 
for, you know, because he wanted to kind of step out of the shadow or because he wanted a chance to be the guy. I think that is definitive if he leaves a championship-ready team, which is already frustrating him, by the way. Let's, let's point that out. A team that has right. veterans, but its player is, a, you know, is still young. If, you know, you got to look at it like, all right, Kyrie, well, if you leave these guys and go to the Knicks, the Knicks are nothing but you. Like, they're trying to get a, get rid of all their veterans and just be you. Well, so it's you like, know, you go get KD, there, too. Well, that's what I was about to say. If you go there. That's to open up space, yeah, I'm about to say. <laughs> I mean, it's not right. for If you go there, um, if you're Kyrie and you go to New York, I'm assuming you 100% know Durant's right behind you. Or Durant signs first, right. which, whichever comes whichever right. comes first. Yeah. Um, but what upsets me about Kyrie is, <laughs> He creates the stress that he's saying bothers him. Like, he's saying, they asked him after the game, like, how is it with all the Knicks fans chanting your name? Honestly, I hated it. It's like a distraction. I'm just trying to focus on the Celtics. Really? But before the game, they asked you, like, you know, did your mind change at all? Ask me July 1st. Uh, what? <laughs> That's a distraction. You're causing a distraction right there. If I'm part of your team, I'm like, dude, not too long ago, you were definitive and super excited about becoming a, you know, or, or staying for the long haul with the Celtics. Now you're like, ask me July 1st. That does not sound like a guy who's still 100% on board with remaining with the Celtics. So it's like if you're a Knicks fan. Right, and that's why that's I love it. Some, yeah, if you're a Knicks fan. Because Kyrie keep it real, real. So. He, he does, does, he does. Real, but. real, real, real. He's confusing because the stress he says he, he's going through because of all this, he keeps creating. Like, all you have you to say You know this, though, Juwan, and you loved him for it before he, when he went to <laughs> yes. Boston. You were like, we yeah, all loved all him for it. Shit. Like, I wanted to punch him in his no. face. I'm like, just be real, bro. <laughs> but, no. But you I said, <laughs> no, I said if you wanted to get out of LeBron's shadow and be your own guy in Boston, go for it. I'm 100% behind you. But my issue isn't Kyrie wanting to be his own man again. My issue with him is, why did you say you were going to stay here? Like, why did you, why did you commit to that? Like, wh- what was the point of saying that? Like, you again, because the at the beginning of the season, I'm sure he felt like he was. Like, he, like, I legit think that, like, at the beginning of the season, he was like, yeah, like, I could see myself being here. This is great. Like, we got a really good team. This. You know, we got all right. these assets. Like Danny Ainge is, is like a masterful GM, all this. And like now that he's actually like played throughout this season, he's like, Man, I just don't know if I fucking fit with these motherfuckers. Like these kids, like they don't fucking get it. Like Jalen Brown, like can't like for for whatever reason he can play well with like Rogier next to him, but he can't play well with me next to him. Like what the fuck is that? Like you know, like, there's just a lot of factors, man. And, like, I just think that, you know, I legit think he meant it when he said it at the beginning of the season. And I legit think he means what he's saying now. Like, he's just like, man, my mind's changed. Like, I'm not, like, I'm I'm going to do what's best for me and my family and my career and all that. Right. And I don't owe anybody and my, anything else. And my issue with that is always if I'm a, if I'm a teammate, if I'm a teammate and you're saying all that, I don't want to hear from you. I don't get I don't get it, man. Like, where's the chemistry? How come we can't find chemistry? Oh, I mean, I don't know because it sounds like every time someone asks you about us, you talk about you. 
So, you know, that's probably where the chemistry is. Like, no one else talks about that. Like, no one else talks about the individual. I mean, you even had Jason Tatum, for God's sake, say, I'd trade me for Anthony Davis. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like Kyrie seems to be about Kyrie, which I am fine with. My only issue that I'm saying right now is he has to stop crying about the idea of us constantly asking him or the idea that the fans that anytime you're in, in, in New York City, the Garden, Brooklyn, whatever, they're going to cheer for you because they want you. And you obviously yeah. love it because you're playing up to it is what I'm saying. So don't give me the, oh, God, guys, I just want to play. Like, I don't want to, I want to think about this. But yet anytime you get the opportunity to talk about it, you're saying all the wrong things. <laughs> so what you're saying, dude. so what you're saying is, Kyrie may keep it real, real, but he doesn't keep it real, real, real. <laughs> All I'm saying is, if, if his mindset right now is, I'm not looking to fully commit, cool. All I'm saying is, if any reporter at any point between now and July 1st asks you about it, that should be your constant answer. I'm not sure. Ask me July 1st. I don't ever want to hear, like, around the playoffs, you guys had a really good run or a really good month. Like, yeah, man, like, you know, I, I really love it here, man. Like, I'm excited for the future. I don't want to hear any of that. <laughs> then it's like, are you confused? Because you're confusing us. So if I'm a New York fan, I am excited by his confusion because it's like there's a possibility. <laughs> um, but as far as Kyrie, I just want him to get to the place to where it seems like Durant will never be. And that's 100% okay with you. If you're okay with you, you're fine with whatever decision you choose to make, whether it's leaving a contender to go build something in New York, or if you're staying in a TD guard, but you have to be okay with that decision. But you have to get right with you first. If you were right with you, yeah, I don't. None of these media circuits would be confusing. I don't. I don't really see Kyrie in that same way as you do. Um, but hey, um, you know maybe Kyrie and KD can can both get get right with that and uh, join up in New York and, and they'll figure it out together. Um, but uh, anyway, speaking of New York, the New York Knicks and Chris Porzingis, they've been going back and forth, man. Um, of course, not one-on-one anymore, um, but there's been a lot of variations between their stories um, uh, about what had happened uh, between uh, Porzingis and the Knicks and that infamous meeting and then the trade and everything else. Um, you add it all up. Joel, what do you take away from all of this talk back and forth? And, you know, what do you believe kind of went down that that predicated the the, the trading of, of Christoph Sporzingis? Do you think he didn't want to be there? Do you think this was more about the yeah. Knicks just getting cap space? Um, do you no. think maybe it wasn't that, you know, Porzingis didn't want to be there. He was just a fucking royal pain in the ass. Um, like oh. what, 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 yeah. What, what, what do you take away from all of this? Uh, what do I take away? I think he didn't want to be there. I mean, I think he hasn't, hasn't been wanting to be there for a while. I think he has been a pain yeah. in the ass. I Pretty think much his, his brother is a bigger right pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, he learned from Mello. Uh, <laughs> Um, he was influenced badly. Well, he was uh, he was and, one of the dudes who was like, I don't want Carmelo Anthony to be traded. Like, he came out and said right. it, you know. He doesn't get it then because he had to be traded. Right. And then we're, we're losing right. right now because we have to be losing. 
And if he doesn't want right. to lose and doesn't get what we're trying to do, then he should have been. That's, he made the best decision for himself to go somewhere else, and he could lose there instead. That's fine with me. Whatever. The point is, um, he couldn't cut it here. It wasn't working out here. He has his issues. We had our issues. Uh, it just didn't work out like we expected it to. You know, I wish him all the luck. And, you know, I don't want to see his, his career ended. You know, I hope he does recover from his ACL injury. And he has a good career. I really, I don't. I do. I really do don't want – I'm not wishing him badly. I just, you know, I'm still uh, just upset and uh, because it's just, I just kind of feel betrayed at the end of the day. And as a Knicks fan, a lot of us were perplexed and upset at the trade to begin with, but we've gotten over the fact that, and I think a lot of us realize it's just that he didn't want to be here, so you couldn't keep someone here that didn't want to be here. It didn't make it did. It didn't look good us trading him, but also didn't look. It wouldn't have looked good him, us keeping him here and him being a dick about it, and then like making the, the right. drama would not have helped us at all during this summer. It's a very important summer. We had that talk. That's why when they did have that talk, they realized, you know what, this is not gonna work. This just isn't gonna work. Yeah. Uh, and, and so they made the move, and I respect that move, and I've grown to like the move, and I'm ready for the summer wherever it takes us. Now we we have options. Right. Yeah, and like here's the thing. I I I don't think that I I, I really don't think that Kristaps necessarily did not want to be there. Um in the sense of he liked the city of New York. He like he liked being there. That was it. Um but I don't think he wanted to be on that team. Um and and, and I think that essentially I I think Kristaps probably saw himself as um i i, I want to choose my words wisely here um i i don't i think he he thought he was worth more than he was um and he yeah, thought I he had the clout to be able to make demands that uh a rookie or not rookie, but a guy on his rookie scale salary coming off an ACL tear, making demands that that kind of like player type can't demand. Um, and I think that's why the Knicks traded him. I don't think it's necessarily that Kristaps, like, I don't think, I don't think the Knicks really like, were like, well, we got like, you know, they say we, we got the, you know, the feeling that he wanted to be traded. I don't really buy into that. I think that, you know, they were just like, dude, this motherfucker is coming in, like, basically telling us how to fucking run our operation um, and and basically trying to be like LeBron. Um, and, like, bro, you ain't LeBron, dude. Like, you can't come in here and say, like, demand, like, what are you doing? What are you going to be doing to make us better? Like, and and I bet you, Kristaps, you know that whole qualifying offer thing. I bet you, Kristaps, probably might have floated that out there to the Knicks and said, you know what, like if you guys don't fucking try to like really make a a contender out of us by next year, I'll sign my qualifying offer and I'll walk elsewhere. He did threaten that. He did. He well, said that. He said I, he'd sign the qualifying yeah, well, offer. Right, right, right. I heard that after he got traded. I didn't hear that before. Before he got traded, but like, regardless, I'm sure that was part of the conversation. Um, but like, 
and that's the thing. If you're the Knicks, again, I, like I don't necessarily think that 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 KP six wanted out of New York. I just think that if you're the Knicks, there's just mm-hmm. so many more benefits from cutting ties with all of that drama, um, and yeah. and like and not to mention like here's the biggest thing: Do you really want to pay a seven foot three dude coming off an ACL tear? a max contract, because that's what it's going to take to lock him up long-term. You've got to pay him a max contract, because his play warrants a max contract. When he's on the court, he is a max contract player. Like, no doubt. No doubt. Right. But, do you really want to pay that dude five years, $150 million? Like, have you not seen what John Wall just fucking did to the Wizards, man? Like, don't do it. Like so like sell high. Like as high as you possibly can. And that's what they did. And that's why I like the trade. Um but no, nah, I, I think I think as far as um as most things go, there's um three sides to every story. There's um his side, his side, and then there's the truth. Um and I think that's pretty much what's going on here. I think the Knicks aren't being totally forthright with, you know, what went down. I think KP6 probably is the same thing. I think there's somewhere in the middle where the truth lies. Um, but I do think that both, you know, both are at fault here. Um, KP6, like I said, I think he's a pain in the ass. His brother agent's been a pain in the ass for a while. Um, and, you know, I mean, he, he's just trying to make all kinds of demands that, that you know, a player like that can't make. Um, and, and the Knicks saw an opportunity and we're just like, fuck it, let's go for it. Like, you know, we got, we got all this potential this off season, you know, all, you know, every fucking GM in the league has been talking about KD coming to New York all season. Um, like everybody, this isn't, this isn't media speculation. These are people in the league who think that KD is going to go to New York. Um, so that like, that has to influence your opinion, um, in, in, in like your, your direction. Um, and you know, the fact that like all the Kyrie shit that went down the day after that trade happened, um, has only got to make you feel more better if you're Nick's management. Um, I just, but my one thing before I pass it to you, Juwan, I would just implore the Knicks, like if you miss out on KD and you miss out, consequently, if you miss out on KD, you're going to miss out on Kyrie. They don't go mm-hmm. sign Kimball Walker and Chris Middleton or Tobias Harris or fill in the blank to max contracts. Just fucking be patient. Um, fucking go around the league. Like, be smart. Do what fucking Brooklyn did. Go around the league and say, yo, Washington, Jan Mahamney and Dwight Howard are costing you $23 million. They ain't giving you shit. Like, we'll take them off your hands for our first-round pick because they're expiring contracts. Boom. Get that first-round pick. Go to Memphis. Be like, what you going to give us to take Chandler Parsons? Go to fucking Portland. What you going to give us to take Evan Turner? Like, just go around the league. Um, Timothy Mogsoff, Bismack Biombo. Like, there are plenty of fucking people out there, enough, mm-hmm. enough players that teams are going to want to get rid of, and we'll give you assets to take them and get them off of their books. So if you don't get your max guys, do that and continue the fucking tank and the development and just fucking roll with that and then keep your options open because you've got 
two, three, maybe in four years of fucking options right now, um, depending on who, you know, makes any kind of leap or not, like, that will influence where your um, deadline is to, like, m- make the necessary signings that you need to make. But you got you got options. Like, don't be fucking stupid, Knicks. Um, and I, I'm, I'm very – I'm crossing my fingers. I'm optimistic that they won't be. Um, but anyway, Juwan, let me kick it over to you. Um, KP6 uh, and the Knicks um, – uh, whose story are you leaning more towards here? Well, they're they're both full of crap. Um, mainly because <laughs> right. New York don't don't tell me the story that from the meeting is why you wanted to trade KP. You've wanted to trade KP for a while. Um, and Kristaps, don't tell me that you're shocked that you're gone. Um, mainly because if you listen to his brother, his brother said something last year that's always worried me, but I kind of always just felt like KP loved being here, so it wasn't an issue. Um, someone had asked his brother, like, what are your thoughts with the idea of KP at some point heading into um, free agency? And he goes, we care less about the money. We care more about winning. And when I heard that, I was just kind of like, huh. Interesting. Okay, let's just see how things play out. That's interesting, though. Um, if I'm the Knicks, what you were saying about are you sure you want to pay a guy that I'm going to be completely honest with you, Nick. Um, I'm not going to be a prisoner of the moment. If KP didn't get injured last year, if I'm the Knicks, I'm still paying him that max. Like, he showed me nothing that would make me not want to pay him that max. The injury is the biggest reason why I did not want to pay him that max. So I get that. Um, totally agree. But it's just it's one of those things where it's just like, excuse me, I, I'm not going to say I don't think he didn't want to be here, but he was becoming exactly what the mellow debacle was that he hated, which was a distraction. You were becoming that. Um, and the, the biggest thing is with him not wanting to play with his team, because I agree with you on that. I don't think he wanted to play with his team anymore. Um, he stopped showing up to games. <laughs> like, that, that's a huge sign. He stopped showing up to games. Um, I know one of his biggest issues were he wanted to play this year. Uh, that was one of his biggest issues. He wanted to play this year. Knicks were like, what are you playing for, Chris Stops? Like, you're going to come back and risk injuries for what? We're tanking. So, like, what are you going to come back and contribute? Help us win? We don't want that. So, I mean, I think that that rubs him the wrong way. Um, according to Fizz, you know, uh, the biggest problem that I had was what KP said, and I'm curious if Joel agrees. KP apparently in that meeting was saying, you know, I'm tired of the losing culture. I want to start winning. My main issue with that was you could say we're losing because we don't have our best player. With you on this team, it could look a lot better. So it's like you not being on the court can't then dictate yeah, what happens like on the court. Yeah, could look like a fucking ninth overall pick again. Like, fuck that. <laughs> like, you finally <laughs> fucking did it right. <laughs> God damn. Right, but, like, if I was KP, I'd be like, well, fuck yeah, dude. We're finally doing it right. We're going to get fucking Zion or RJ or Ja. Like, cool. Like, I'm going right. to have, like, a really fucking good player to play with. <laughs> like, Right, but my biggest issue was you can't not be on the court and try to dictate what happens on the court. Excuse me. Like, you're injured. Right. And, again, that's not your fault, but you're injured. So, again, you could say some of our losing – it's contributed to not having our best player on the court. So you then can't be dissatisfied with losing when you can't contribute. 
the the whole point, and I believe Fitzgerald said this at the beginning of the season, or a little after the beginning of the season, he's trying to work these young guys to see who would fit with KP. That was his whole thing. He was trying to switch so many different lineups up to see what would work, you know, when they finally got KP back. So it was like, and let's not forget, the Knicks didn't start the season horrible. The Knicks started the season to where some of us were like, yeah, they could maybe make the eighth seed. And then as the season continued, it was like, yeah, let's avoid that. <laughs> let's let's tank. Yeah, let's well, the whole season in the garbage. By the um, way, some of so, us were the same. Some of us saying you can fucking make the playoffs the last two years. <laughs> yeah, some yeah, smoke yeah, fair weed, enough. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah, but, right. Well. But no, I, honestly, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like both sides are full of crap. Uh, KP. All I'm saying is going forward, if I'm the Knicks, I don't want to hear you say anything else about KP. If I'm the Mavericks, I don't want to hear you say anything else about the Knicks. It's done. You're gone. You got what you wanted. You got out of a losing situation to sit on a bench of another losing situation. Um, And if you're the Knicks, you avoided having to pay somebody money you did not want to pay. That should should be it. When Chris Stops retires and he does his 30 for 30, we can hear the real story. But for now – I do not ever want to hear Chris Stops saying, oh, well, you know, stay tuned, guys, I'll tell you what really happened. No. When you come back to the Garden next year, we're going to boo you. I'm going to be there throwing tomatoes. Michael Rappaport's going to be there giving <laughs> you the middle finger. It's going to happen. But that's it. Get over it. Outside of that, Nick's are full no. of crap and KP's full of crap, but I do not want to hear anything else about it. It's done. No. <laughs> All right. I've um, moved on. Yep. There we are. Um, all right, well, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, <clears throat> let's jump into this uh, Grizzlies whole thing, because there's a lot of shit going on with the Grizzlies right now with this trade deadline. Um, first of all, um, the uh, the Raptors reportedly um, offered them Lowry and Valanchunas for Conley and Gasol. Um, there's uh, reports right now that Gasol – um, maybe traded to Charlotte that they are in um, sort of deep discussions uh, for for Charlotte to acquire Marcus Gasol, um, and then you know there's been this kind of ongoing lingering rumor about the Jazz acquiring Conley. Um, you, you hear all of this. Um, what do you think, Joel? I mean, whether it be the Raptors or or you know the the um, the Hornets. Um, or the Jazz, like, you know, with their varying um, positions and everything. Um, you know, what, what do you think about all of these various offers that are, you know, kind of coming forth to um, to Memphis, and, and what do you think they should really be looking looking for and looking to do? Good for Memphis. I mean, get the, you got to get these contracts out. This is what they wanted to do. We were talking about what they'd be able to. Look, of course there are. There are people that want – Good players. Uh, I think that uh, the idea of uh, moving Lowry and Valanciunas for for Conley and, and, and Gasol is a fucking great upgrade for Toronto. They'd obviously need to probably give it more than that. Uh, but yeah, it's just that'd be great for Toronto. Yeah, at least one of the two and a pick. You know, at the very yeah, least. Yeah, and, and I would like, want I even though Siakam's better, I'd probably want Ananobi just because he's got. Uh, I think he's got a year longer on his deal, um, right. and personal too. He can play the, yeah, yeah, he can play the three. Like Siakam can't play the three, so like 
Um, right. That's where I'd need a, a person, like a body. I need a three. Um, so I mean, I just feel like that makes more sense for them. Um, and, but still, right. like if I'm if I'm fucking uh, if I'm uh, Toronto, I'd fucking do that deal. Like I totally fucking do that deal. Oh yeah, I would definitely do that deal because I get, look now you have a three headed monster in Toronto with Conley, uh, Leonard, and Gasol. That's fucking monster. You right. gotta be careful. Of that team. yeah. You know, that's and then you got Siakam. thought. You got Siakam mm-hmm. moving balling out, Siakam, you know, at the four, Danny and Green. then you got fucking Danny Green, clutch shooter at the two, like clutch shooter defender, like three and D guy. guy. Yeah, and like that's that's a fucking that's a good lineup, man. Yeah, I, I just you know I'm not sure if Memphis is. I mean Memphis threw it out there, probably Toronto, probably I don't know. I, I, I don't know how that would work. And then now we're hearing that Memphis is close to a deal with Charlotte. So apparently the Toronto they want that. Work out they the want that higher first round pick. That's what they, they do. They but really see, do. here's my thing. Here's youth. my thing, though. And Look I get up. it. And I get it. And maybe, maybe you get Malik Monk in that deal. That's what I'm thinking. Is maybe they'd be willing yeah. to give up Monk because guys. he hadn't quite worked out there. Um, so if you can get Monk and a pick, and even if you have to take back like a salary like Biombo, um, like that's a good return for Gasol. Like it's a great return for Gasol. Um, you're talking about just giving up right. one of them. And then if you can flip Conley to the Jazz for whatever, like that's probably a better like deal for them if they can work all that out. Um, but like if it's just the pick, like I'd probably rather just have Ananobi than a number sixteen overall pick because you don't know what's going to happen with that sixteen overall right, pick. Right. I mean, whereas with Ananobi, you know what he is. I mean, you know what he is, and he, there's, there's a a, a, a wide range of what he can be, but you know it at the very least. He is a NBA, a starting caliber NBA player. You got uh, you get a young asset to put next to your young uh, big man in Darren Jackson Jr. That's that's what's important. Now. Exactly. Uh, and you get Kyle be building with the youth. And, and you get Kyle like Good. Yeah, that'd be a great move for Toronto. I mean, uh, for both teams. But uh, obviously, if they're going towards Charlotte, fuck it, go through Charlotte market. Market's all there for a year or whatever. Maybe they trade. If McKemba doesn't stay in it, maybe they go and they trade Mark again for assets in the summer. I don't know what they're going to do. But um, that's not a bad pickup for Charlotte either because they're trying to stay in the playoff race right now. And I think he would definitely help because their center position is in flux. They've started all the fucking big men. No one could stick. Uh, uh, so Marcus Hall would definitely be an upgrade at center for the fucking Charlotte Hornets, uh, who had just Kemba that would give them their second star, and they would definitely probably stay afloat, whereas what they really need because that eighth spot now is becoming, well, even the seventh and eighth spot are just that open, because you got Detroit there and you have um, Miami there, you got Washington just creeping up somehow, Orlando's trying to creep back right. in too, so they're all fighting for that eighth seven spot, so it's just. You know, Charlotte's just trying to stay above the rest. And not a bad move for Charlotte if they pull it off. So, uh, in that regard, I think Mike Conley, we you, you were talking about Mike Conley, uh, Utah, that's been up. I'd be an upgrade for Utah over Rubio for sure. Uh, Detroit, I heard, was talking about getting Mike Conley. I think that'd be great for, for them because uh, Reggie Jackson, I'm not, the fuck is that? Yeah. I mean, they can do better. So, Mike, see, Mike Conley. I, just, uh, I don't see a clear path there. Like, I, I've heard that rumor as well, but like, if I'm if I'm Memphis and I got to take back Reggie Jackson and then what I to make the salaries work I got to take back John Luer 
and what links and Galloway. Um, and then I get a first round pick like, uh, I don't know, man. I just, that's just not. And if you're, and here's the other thing. If you're, if you're fucking Detroit, you're now what fucking $90 million deep in three guys. And you're still fucking yeah. That'd be barely making the playoffs. Yeah, and you're still barely making the playoffs, man. Like, let's see how much yeah. does Mike Conley make you? That's the question. You're not right, better. and I think I think if you're the Jazz, he makes you a good bit better. Um, if you're Detroit, because you just don't have depth and you don't have really any good wings, he doesn't well, make you that much better. Because he, <laughs> that's really not, what it comes down to. that's not like Mike Conley is not the kind of like point guard who you bring in. And he like gets you buckets and all that shit. Like he's a distributor. Right. He's like he, like he would make a lot of sense on on a lot of teams, but uh, I just don't think yeah. Detroit is one of them. Right. I mean, I, I wouldn't hate it, but you know, Detroit's going to need more than just Mike Conley to to be better than they are. Yeah, I just wouldn't give up a first round, another first round pick to get another, like, high-salary guy after doing the Blake trade. Right. I just wouldn't do it. I, I, it. I mean, um, if I could get, like, a guy like Kemba Walker, sure, I would do it because um, he's a guy who goes and gets buckets. Like, But not for a guy like Mike Conley, just because it's just the fit. Like, I just don't, I just don't see it. Um, but, uh, but Juwan, uh, you know, you, you hear all these, these rumors going around, um, you know, Memphis. What are your thoughts on, you know, basically what they're, what they're you know, trying to do with Conley and Gasol right now. Well, I will start by saying I know a lot of uh, Pistons fans, and they hate Reggie Jackson. So they'd be number one for trying to get him <laughs> up out of there. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they're, they're fighting to make that happen. But um, it, I, I'd say I, I was listening to you guys saying, like, Gasol uh, possibly with, with the Raptors or probably more likely with, with the Hornets. I like him for the Raptors. My my only issue with him to the Raptors is, okay, you make that trade, right? And you possibly have to give up one of your, you know, your your good young pieces. Um, mm-hmm. What happens if Kawhi does not resign? Where, where do you feel so as you, though you're still in a comfortable position? Just rebuild. I mean, you just, just rebuild. rebuild right? I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Whether like, yeah, whether it's choice. Ananobi or Siakam, <laughs> like those, I'm gonna offer either one of those guys, not both of them, but either one in that trade deal um, because you're also getting a much younger center in Valanchunas. He's not as good as Gasol, but he's going to be better than Gasol for longer because he's going to be in the league for a lot longer. Um, and you're getting Lowry, who's fucking no slouch. Like, I mean, he's he's probably equally good as um, Conley. They're just different, you know. Um, but, like, I, I mean, honestly, I would uh, – And he played in Memphis I, before. I would, <laughs> there you go. Um but no, I mean I, I would do it simply because if if I'm gonna have to rebuild, there's n- no one of those ancillary guys are going to be like a, a blueprint to my rebuild. You know, like I, you need stars to be good in this league. And like Ananobi and Siakam are not that. They're really good ancillary pieces. Um so you know, right. I I wouldn't worry Possible too much guys about it, down the line. Yeah, that's, that's I wouldn't. I, honestly, I would, those guys aren't going to make me like be like, no, I'm not. I'm not parting with those guys. You know what I mean? 
Right. I get you. You're saying those guys aren't a Jason Tatum or Kyle Kuzma. I, I get right. what you're saying. I get what no. you're saying. Yeah. Right. Um, if, if I'm Raptors, if I'm Raptors, I have to feel as though making a trade right. like that is is uh is definitely one of the things that you could really kind of try to sell Kawhi on. Like, listen, man, we're trying to do everything we can to, uh, you know, to make sure we, we get to the finals this year. Um, I tell you what, man, I don't know if many people have been paying attention, but I've seen the last few times the Raptors have played the Bucks. They need something else because it's not working. <laughs> yeah. um, Giannis right. is kind of making a statement like, if the Eastern Conference Finals are us against the Raptors, I I feel pretty good about our chances. Yeah. Um. So if you're Very the Raptors, true. do something, do something, and if that something is is Marcus All, give up what you got to give up to to get a a quality piece like that, um, that can kind of help kind of get you guys they're not really they don't really need to get over a hump but it's one of those things where it's like you got to play milwaukee in the eastern conference Finals, certification that that right that piece will will matter come that time um but if you end up not having to play them i think i like the raptors chances against anybody else um milwaukee just seems to be their kryptonite right now yeah they really really do I mean, Milwaukee's just looked really good. They seem to be everybody's prep tonight right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, man, that's that's Giannis and, and Coach Bud, like, teaming up together. Like, I, I I don't know why I doubted them. I I will be interested to see how they do in the playoffs, though, because, um, you know, Coach Bud led that uh, um, Hawks team to 60 wins, and that Hawks team was way overachieving at getting it getting to 60 wins. Um, and then when they got to the playoffs, it just, you know, kind of, kind of fell apart when they got to the Eastern conference finals. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, this, this Bucks team is a lot better than that, um, Hawks team. If for no other reason, they have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they, they have their star, um, and they have a lot of good pieces around him that fit him. Um, so yeah, I mean that the, the East is going to be so much fun. Like the West is going to suck, and the finals are going to suck. But the East, the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs, like once you get to that second round, like it, dude, I like if we get like Boston versus Milwaukee and Philly versus Toronto, like those are going to be fucking really fun series, dude. Like that's that is going to be hella fun to watch. So, like, at least we can hang our hat on that for this season. Let's let's fucking cross our fingers um, that you know Katie uh, goes to New York next year and and we get a little more parity throughout the league and um, we can have fun watching the entire playoffs. Uh, but anyway, for parity's um, sake, yes, please. Um, let's move on. John Wall, <laughs> motherfucker, tore his Achilles. And wasn't even playing a fucking basketball game. And right. Motherfucker, just fucking chilling at home. Fucking slip, fall, tears Achilles. Like, uh, I, I, we don't need to talk about this for very long, but um, this is uh, – the John Wall contract is now officially the worst contract in the league. Um, I thought, you know, we've, we've talked about how his contract was immovable. Um and I, I really did think that this season, but I thought in the off season, um, because his trade kicker would go away, 
and there'd be maybe enough teams out there that could talk themselves into taking John Wall, like maybe. Um, no, like all of that is done. Nobody's going to take him. You got him on the books for four more years at like $40 million-ish a year. Um, God, that sucks. I feel so bad for Wall, um, but I feel even more bad for the Wizards. Like, dude, if think about it. If you just hadn't given him a contract extension um, and you had just, like, waited it out um, and, and this was his final year, um, think about it. Like, they probably would have traded him this year because they would have still been able yeah. to. Um, gotten some assets back and, you know, just, just retooled around Beal and, and, and Porter and, and all those other guys. And they'd be so much better off for it. Um, another reason, again, why I look at that Porzingis trade and I'm just like, it's probably smart Knicks. Like, don't, don't wrap up all your money in a guy who's fucking, probably going to get hurt again in a year or two. Like, you know, like uh, just, mm-hmm. the, for that reason alone, uh, I'm cool with it. Um, but anyway, uh, Joel, Joel, John Wall going down. What are your thoughts? Sucks. I like John Wall. Yeah. I like John Wall a lot. Um, I like, I like yeah, you probably like John Wall more than anybody else play. on this fucking show. No, well, I think Juwan likes him a little bit more. I like the fact that he's willing to take that contract that tells you everything. Um, but I, I, I like him. I really do. But at the same time, he, like you said, they probably paid him too early. Uh, and I don't yeah. blame them for paying him. The man's a fucking stud. The problem is they haven't been able to win consistently with them. They get in and out of the playoffs. They've been in the playoffs and can't get over the hump. And, they've been um, and now they kind of they're better without him they're, statistically and they have. they've been better we've, without him we've made fun of it they have yeah, yeah Sanaransky has been better at point guard not that he's been a better right. point guard he's just they the team plays better with Sanaransky at point guard and it's weird but it's right it's, it's how it's been um is it worse? and it's, it's right whatever works and it's just sad that you know and he gets hurt after coming out he's already hurt and then he gets hurt again at home slipped or whatever but <laughs> tears his Achilles. He's going to be out a whole fucking year. And you're like, what? What? That sucks for the Wizards. That sucks a lot. And that's because it's only a year, apparently they can't even go in for, like, um, they can't even claim, like, his, uh, whatever, what I forget what it's called. Uh, oh, I can't remember what it is. But they're screwed. Regardless. I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, the injury uh, thing. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Thing. Sucks yeah. A, sucks a lot of ass. If you're a Wizards fan right now, man, I mean, you could probably make do, but it's it's uh, it sucks a lot. Yeah, it really You're gonna does. have to start selling. You're gonna have to start selling while he's away. Sell it all away. Yeah, yeah. start from scratch. Man. Well, they need to start maybe with when either, he comes back. Either Porter, Porter or Riza, mm-hmm. man. Like right. the thing is, the Kings will take either one of those guys. If you really want to be yeah. Porter then trade Ariza for Macklemore and, like, a second-round pick um, to get yourself out of the luxury tax. Um, and if, you, if you're if you willing to part with Porter, you might be able to get a little bit more because um, he's younger and, and they have him locked in for longer. Um, you have to take on a little more uh, salary, but, I mean, and, and it, because you're sending out less salary, it all balance out. 
um, y- you know, y- you could make a trade there, um, still get out of the luxury tax, and maybe get a couple seconds, um, like maybe more quality seconds. Um, like that's yeah, that's to me again where you got to be looking at. Um, but Jawan, mm-hmm. are you a bigger John Wall fan than Joel? And uh, what do you think about you know this this injury? Uh, I won't say that. I, I am a, a, a pretty big fan of John Walls. I, I don't talk about him that often, but I am I am a really big fan of his, and I was willing to take that contract. So I will not. Did you at lie. any point willing. in this season have him as an All Star? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I was willing to take that contract. So Joel, I will not lie about that. Even in hindsight, I will lie <laughs> yeah. about that. All right. Um, y'all, are, y'all are both fucking stupid, then. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. But I also do I not have want not that contract. Seen, hey, well, I have not Joel, seen, you're not as stupid as you are because you weren't willing to take the contract. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept it. Um, I will say this, though. Um, I have not seen a injury this crazy since Bynum. Like, I remember Bynum got hit yeah. bowling. Like, he was supposed to get ready to come bowling. back. Uh, yeah, he was bowling. He was bowling. It, it's BS. I don't think he, he did it bowling. Uh, just like, I don't think right. John Wall did slips. But um, that was the craziest thing. Like, everyone was like, all right, Bynum's getting ready to play for the Sixers. Like, he's, he's getting healthy. He's ready. Yeah. And all of a sudden, as a Sixers fan, you're like, oh. wait, what? Bowling? That's so deflating. Like, the Sixers at that point were like, if we could put him in a bubble – we would put him in a bubble to avoid anything. Um, but bubble yeah, I mean, boy. Never saw him again, really. He never saw so, him again. Like never the, never, never the same again. after that. But Ever. Um, this, <laughs> this is really unfortunate, mainly because I think I said this on, on the show before. Um, I was really saying that if you're the Wizards, that injury that John Wall went through, it was good he got surgery now because it would be easier right. to try to trade him off. Um in the all season, because a Coming lot of back guys, a lot of teams that, would say, yeah. right, a lot of right. teams would go, okay, he's been through therapy, like he's he's looking good, you know, let he's me got get a good him. first you know, step look. again, yeah, right, right, but now teams are gonna go. There is no way in hell I want John. No way, like, no way, no nope. way. Nope. So if you're the wizard, it's this is gonna haunt you. <laughs> this is really gonna haunt you. Yeah, I mean, essentially, at Fuck. that point, you would have to give up assets to move him. Instead of like, Way too whereas, much you know, we, yeah, and see, like, we were thinking maybe you could still get some small asset back. Um, and, and like, I, I know, we, uh, like, Juwan, uh, I had kicked around and, and you kind of liked it a little bit. Um, if, if Conley wasn't traded this season, maybe like a, a Conley. Um, wall swap with some salaries to make it uh, some intermix salaries to make it work. Um, just because yeah. Conley would work better um, for the Wizards, and you know Wall is better than Conley as a just overall player. Um, so maybe it, you know if you're Memphis, you would hope that you know we can make we can make John Wall work, and you know we'll we'll fill the roster in around him. We got him for four years. We'll we'll make this work. Uh, we don't want to rebuild because you know we're a small market. Um, yeah, that's off the table. Like there's there's nobody, there's no one who's going to trade for a guy coming off an Achilles injury who's making forty million dollars a year. It's just not, yeah. it's not in the cards. 
uh, amnesty rule. That's what you were looking for, um, Joel. I'll, I'll um, say this. Amnesty. To, to yeah. Washington, who thinks to Washington, who thinks no one no one understands what they're going through. Just remember, we had Amari Stoudemire, and he played a yeah. half of a good year out of his contract. So we get it. Man, was it a hell of a half, though. It was yeah, a hell of a half. It was. It was a hell of a half. He was half. an all-star. He was it was. He was, he was, yeah, was. At least second-team All-NBA. Um, yeah. But, yeah, ah, man, it sucks. But, hey, you know, um, that seems to be – the the kind of John Wall thing, like it's it's like whatever it, it's um what's it um Murphy's law like the, the, what whatever is that like, go the, wrong, will go will wrong. go wrong <laughs> yes thank you Joel um so yeah that kind of seems to be it for them uh and the Washington Wizards as well um poor poor Wizards fans man like they they went from like. Three years ago, thinking, uh, or maybe four years ago, thinking we're gonna fucking get KD and we're gonna be great, and then they didn't get yeah, KD, right. and then they they fucking extended right. Porter on that shitty ass fucking deal, then they extended John Wall on that shitty ass fucking deal. Now they're like maxed out. They signed Jan Mahimni when they didn't get KD because they needed to spend the money, I guess. Um, right. God, that's just been one fucking brick to the face after another. Um, I really feel bad for them. I really do. Um, I'm glad. I'm really glad my Hawks are not in that position. Um, I'm glad they didn't, you know, um, give Hardaway that big money and then give fucking uh, Millsap the big money and long-term deals and all that shit because, that we'd be in the exact same position right now if we had. Uh, anyway, we're gonna let, let's just leave it there. By the way, uh, before we leave, uh, Karis LeVert, um, he may come back from his injury before the All Star break, and I just want to say, fuck yeah, because Karis LeVert is a badass. Um, that dude is a a, a fucking player, um, and mm-hmm. all of us here at FCP are really happy. Um, we were really happy when we heard his injury wasn't as serious as first expected, and we're really happy to hear he's coming, uh, potentially coming back before the All-Star break, and we're going to be really happy when he does come back um, because yeah. the Nets are going to really, really benefit um, from his presence on that team. He is probably probably their second or third best player on that team, um, and, like, fuck yeah, dude. At least. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I was thinking Dinwiddie and Russell, and then Levert yeah, probably. Then, um, yeah, exactly. But Levert, Third. I would say Levert <laughs> has like maybe the highest ceiling out of all of them. Like that, that kid could be really fucking good. He's got all star potential, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So like, word up to to Karis. Um, and and I, I and still, I'm I'm very sorry that the first time I ever said your name, it was. Kerry Lever, because I thought you were French. <laughs> My <laughs> bad there. <laughs> it just looked French to me, man. Like, what do you want me to say? It does. Oh, maybe he's French. Oh, oh, oh yeah. So, uh, I, well, it, no, he's not. <laughs> and I looked it up. It's totally American. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, 
<laughs> Great show, fellas. Very fun show. Always fun to talk with y'all, motherfuckers. Um, we got a uh, Dane show coming up tomorrow. Wrestling Geeks Alliance, what? seven o'clock. So be sure to check <laughs> that out. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday to recap the NBA trade deadline. Son, it's coming up. That's gonna be yeah. so much fun. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, dude. I'm totally gonna like go into work tomorrow and talk to my boss and be like, Yo, is there any way I can get Thursday off? Like, I don't think it's gonna <laughs> happen. The whole day to prepare. When I tell him, well, when, nah, dude. When I tell him, I'm gonna be like, dude, like it's NBA trade deadline. Like, you know how you love politics and like election night is like a big thing for you. This is my election night, bro. Like, please. Um, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe I get it. Maybe I don't. Probably not. Um, but uh, but yeah. Uh, so we're gonna be back then, and then uh, of course we got uh wrestling. Uh, fuck, I already said that. Uh, we got Geek Vibes live on Sunday at 8 o'clock, as always, uh, and Top 10 Saturday. Uh, so be sure to tune in to all that great content coming up this week, and we will see you Thursday at 7 o'clock to recap the deadline. It's going to be fun. Until then, peace. Happy 100. Woo! Hootie-hoo! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion? Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.